This is the Data Privacy Detective. AI and personal data privacy. That's our focus today. So let's consider together how artificial intelligence, AI, affects our privacy. Now, this has both a front end and a back end, and we're going to take these in turn. On the front end, mature and worthwhile AI depends on being trained through ingestion of massive amounts of data so that AI can actually produce a good result. Let's use medicine as an example. Let's say we want AI to improve our ability to detect cancer early and treat it better. Well, artificial intelligence offers us an opportunity to collect massive amounts of information about people who've suffered from cancer, data about when it started, when it was detected, how it was treated, and the outcomes. Medicine progresses when we learn from massive amounts of information rather than relying on anecdotal learning or, or just what's taught in medical school years before a physician is helping a patient deal with cancer. So the front end requires collecting and loading huge amounts of highly sensitive personal data from millions of cancer patients into the AI data stream. Now this can educate or train an AI platform about diagnoses and treatment of people dealing with cancer, all to the good so far. Well, in the United States and most of the world, our medical information is considered highly sensitive personal information, and it's guarded by law and regulation. We assume that our medical information won't be shared with others without our express, sometimes signed, personal written consent. And yet, it can be shared without our knowledge by those who collect our data and share it with third parties for purposes of improving healthcare and for other purposes. The data ends up training AI machines, but it may also be shared for marketing and other purposes, and there's no 100% protection that personal data is going to be secure from all comers, even when a collector of data tries mightily to prevent leaks and hacks. Now let's apply this point to all kinds of personal information. Whether a woman visits a health clinic to discuss pregnancy options, what we shop for in stores and catalogs, what we do at work and at leisure, what shows we watch, what media we frequent, what books we read, and on and on. Now, do we own our personal data? We might think so, but the privacy policies and terms of use that almost none of us read on websites they probably say that we've given up the right to control what's been shared, or at least to some extent allow such sharing. In September 2023, several famous authors sued AI companies for allowing their AI machines to read the author's works in order to train the machines. The authors claim here a copyright violation, which the Courts are going to have to sort out as to whether that's fair use or not. But at a deeper level, this highlights the problem of what happens once we share our personal information. Even if initially we think it's on a limited basis, 
or on the basis of published works in the case of authors. Once it's out there, it can't really be retrieved. Under the laws of some countries, we might have the right to have it deleted or not used by third parties without our consent, or at least corrected if incorrectly kept, and kept no longer than it's really needed by the company wanting to use it. But can we write to AI companies and say, do not use my personal information? Well, that's the bottom line of the front-end privacy question with AI. Can we really refuse to let information about us be shared with AI companies? And if so, how will the use of our personal information by AI be regulated and controlled? Many laws yet to be written about this. And how could we exert such a right if it exists as a practical matter? Well, even deeper privacy issues with AI exist on the back end. AI algorithms produce what amount to analyses and predictions and advice based on what mass data has been fed into the AI system and what questions are then asked of it. For example, credit agencies assign a credit score based on limited information they receive from banks, mortgage companies, and other such financial sources. But the credit agencies never have complete information about us, not even our financials, relying instead only on what they view as available and relevant to their algorithms and that they get from financial institutions. Credit agencies don't get a full network's worth statement about us. So our credit card and checking account balances give only incomplete, limited data about our credit worthiness. And yet, Credit scores turn into real differences in how much we pay to buy a car or lease one or, or to get a home mortgage. An algorithm, after all, is not a person. A physician can talk with a patient and explore one-on-one -on -one what is needed to give good advice, whereas an AI machine will provide analysis based on how it's been trained and without being able to consider every relevant bit of information in conversing with the individual. AI is best thought of as being in its infancy, or maybe adolescence. We know how AI machines can make up stuff in providing responses to our inquiries. A fascinating and important column by Kevin Roos, New York Times technology columnist, of September 21, 2023 is instructive. Kevin turned to BARD, Google's competitor to chat GPT, to ask about himself. One question he asked BARD was what his biggest psychological issues are. To ask BARD this question, he granted it permission to review all of his Gmail messages. Well, BARD answered that he worried about the future that was his main psychological issue. Well, Kevin then asked Bard on what Bard based that conclusion. You're afraid of failing, said Bard. But its supportive material was a combination of made-up quotations that did not come from Kevin and other erroneous materials. Now, apply this learning of our own from Kevin 
to AI machines whose purpose is to help us make decisions. The decision can be about what vaccine or medicine to take, how to invest our resources, how we think about ourselves or others, for whom to vote. In each case, AI machines are given instructions by their creators who have biases, some obvious and some undisclosed, maybe even unknown. A teenage girl might ask about losing weight, but the response from an AI machine might assume that she wants and needs to lose weight rather than the fact that she may be anorexic. The impact of the outcome of an AI communication can affect us in severe ways, and AI is not free of bias or error. So what to do? The lawmakers are pondering how to regulate AI. Not an easy question, one with great nuance. And in the interim, what should AI data chain companies do to be accurate and privacy-centric, if that's what they wish to be? And what can we as individuals do to protect what we view and what we value about protecting ourselves? Well, for companies that share and use personal data for AI purposes, first, they should make personal data not personally identifiable to AI data streams. An AI machine does not need to know the identity of persons whose data are being used to train the machines and help thresh out the algorithm. Make the information anonymous or pseudonymous that goes into the AI data stream. Second, they should engage in privacy by design. Most AI databases don't need personal identifying information. AI companies can practice personally identifiable data minimization. Avoid accepting data that is personally identifiable and avoid creating data that's not needed for the purpose. Think of this as kind of a hot potato game where you, you don't want to receive the hot potato. If aggregate data is needed, get it aggregated instead of individualized and traceable to a person. This is the idea of data decoupling from personal identification. Third, companies in an AI data stream must assert strict controls over what individuals and what third parties have access to data sets, and they should monitor in real time how and when data is being accessed to ensure compliance. Fourth, AI companies should honor requests for eliminating personally identified data at any subject's request. And they should refresh pseudo-anonymized data with current data to keep data up to speed and to delete information that becomes stale and not needed over time. Fifth, AI companies should examine incoming data carefully and engage in the receipt of data only from companies that can demonstrate that the personal information was shared with the informed and clear consent of data subjects who provided it. Well, for us as individuals, what can we do? Well, first think about what personal information you need and wanna share 
before posting it. Easy to say, isn't it? But what you might be tempted or enjoy sharing at age 17 may not be something you want a future employer to see 10 years from now. For information sensitive to you that you don't want shared with others beyond an immediate need, such as getting medical advice from a professional, inform the medical practice that you don't want it shared with anyone beyond the medical provider and perhaps its critical assisting data service providers. There are services you might wish to employ that will post, do not sell or share my personal data. And they'll post these notices broadly and otherwise inform a large spectrum of data companies that you don't want them to use or share or sell your data, that you insist that they delete your data and that you do not consent to their use of it without your express written consent. For maximum privacy protection of your personal information, if that's your wish, use anonymous networks and search engines that have highly secure privacy security. Anonymous networks employ end-to-end encryption to prevent others from accessing data that you send or receive. DuckDuckGo, for example, is a search engine that does not collect, share, or store personal information. And finally, Avoid visiting sites that do not have an SSL form of encrypting data. Check for the padlock icon in the URL bar. See if there's HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash indicating that an SSL form of encrypting data is being used. Well, those are some thoughts about AI. We have much to gain from it and there are things we can lose from it. As always, I'll close by reminding us all, protecting your personal information begins with you.